0: Welcome back to After Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to the Motown phenom, Kevin Lee. He's coming off the very impressive performance of the night, first round stoppage over Michael Chiesa at UFC OKC. And next up for him, he's looking to fight on that Detroit pay-per-view. Probably going to be up against Khabib, Tony Ferguson, Edson Barboza, someone among those lines. So you know he had to catch up with Kevin Lee. And then we're joined by the Bellator lightweight champion of the world, Brent Primus, the man that dethroned Michael Chandler. I mean, what else is there to say? He went out there and he leg kicked a man to the point where he could no longer stand up. And last but not least, Devante Sewell. Three wins, three finishes in three months. I mean, this kid, he's a top flyweight prospect. And he says this time next year, he's going to be in the UFC. But first up, Kevin Lee, here we go. Joining me now is the Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee. Kevin, welcome back to After Battle.
1: Oh, what's going on, my man? Good to be here.
0: Man, it's good to have you back, and you know, I know you were confident in your fight with Kiesa, but did you know it was gonna be a first round 50K performance of the night type win?
1: I mean, no, I was expecting it to go to full. Like I said, Kiesa was really tough. You know, I was expecting it to go to full uh, uh, five rounds, and I was looking forward to turning the stage hamburger meat. So uh, I guess he's looking forward to, you know, if he uh, – I heard that he filed for the complaint. So if he's looking forward to that again, we can get it in.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we could talk about the big slam, and we can talk about the choke, but what I want to talk about is how about that ground and pound, man? I mean, damn, you uh, you busted up Kiesa at his own game.
1: Yeah, I mean, people were really supposed to run the show, but yeah, like you said, is, he, you know, he's, he's down there taking some damage. So uh, I even told him that, like, he should be thanking Mario. Mario saved him. Uh, Mario might have saved him few years on his life because it was just gonna be four around
2: rounds of that. And as you can see, like the punches were coming hard. They weren't uh,
1: so it was just gonna be a lot more of that coming his way.
0: So, I mean, dude, you jump basically to the front of the line now because you beat a guy in Trinaldo, and, you know, he's ranked around number 10 or 11. He's a very tough guy. But now you just you just take out the number 5, number 6 guy. So, I mean, it's basically you right behind Tony and uh, Khabib.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the the rankings don't really mean shit, you know what I mean? Because, uh, again, I've fought against tough guys. People just don't know him, you know? Uh, nobody wants to fight Ma- uh, Mega Man Safari. Nobody wants to fight Dick Matthews. Nobody wants to fight a lot of people like James Couture that I've already gone through. Uh, they just don't have that 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 kind of name recognition. But they're still just as tough fighters, you know. When you look at the 155 division, you can break down the like the top 30 guys are can all you know, or be champs. So uh, you know, I mean, yeah, the rankings is cool. The rankings is whatever, but it really don't mean nothing. I'm I'm I, I feel like I've been at the top for a while, and that's how I approach That's how I approach each fight, regardless of what number is next to my name.
0: Now, Kevin, tell me about your mindset because you've not not only have you been fighting tough guys, you know, now you've mm-hmm. been doing that your whole career. A lot of people don't know, yeah. but in your second pro fight, you take on this guy, Monsonor Brunuri, and he's a guy mm-hmm. that people on the regional scene, they know. You don't just go out there and fight that guy on short notice. You know what I mean, Kevin? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, especially when you want to know and he's 7-0. and oh. uh, You know, yeah, it was a tough fight. I mean, it was a dumb fight. I've taken a lot of dumb fights that don't really make sense. Uh, that most of these other guys they would have turned down. You know, you see some of these guys like when you say I'm right behind Khabib and Tony, you know these guys don't even fight, you know, because they they because they think it's dumb fight. You know, Tony didn't take the fight with Michael Johnson in March. Uh, and to me that's just it's like you know, it's some bitch shit. So you know I I I I'm down to fight whoever. Like I I I want that challenge. So that's why I call out guys like Khabib because I feel like he gonna give me that challenge. If you ask him the same questions, he's going to call out somebody like Nate Diaz or, you know, uh, uh, somebody coming off a debut or, you know, or, or somebody coming off a loss. But for me, I'm always looking toward the top, and, and, and that's how I've been since the beginning of my career. So that's just the way I, I kind of approach it. I like the challenge, and, and, and I ain't going to
0: stop yet. Now, I mean, dude, you've always had an awesome personality, but it seems like people are finally starting to pick up on it. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you feel like you could be the face of the lightweight division, you know, in uh, in the next year or two?
1: I mean, I feel like uh, regardless when when the, when I bring in UFC to Detroit later on this year, uh, it's gonna be big for the company. It's gonna be big for the sport. You know, we gonna draw in a lot of those those. Uh, uh, and I feel like I showed that even over last weekend, we pulled in great numbers. You know, outdid Bellator. Who Bellator was? Uh, uh, they had a title fight in on a Saturday night, and we still outdid them. So I think that in in Detroit when we go there and do the pay per view, it's gonna be huge, and it's gonna draw for. Uh, uh, a much wider range of audience than, than any other card. So, you know, I feel like I've already shown the, uh, uh, you know, the company already know. They love me down there. So, you know, they show me some love even though I get a lot of a too.
0: Look, man, you guys did your thing at the press conference and then you brought in great numbers. Now you're talking about going on a pay-per-view. Now, I know you really want to go on this Detroit pay-per-view and if it were up to you, yep. who else did you want on the card with you, man? Uh, As far as like on, on the card fighting against me?
1: I mean, or 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 uh, uh, like fighting some against somebody else.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, who do you want to, you know, to sell the pay per view with? Who do you want to go on a media tour with? Mm-hmm. You know, who do you it, want in the main or co-main it, event? Any
1: of them, any of them. It don't matter. It, it ain't gonna matter. It, like, it, it don't even matter to the opponent. You know, uh, uh, I think I think it's gonna be huge regardless of what it is. Uh, like I say, you see on, on even on on last Sunday, you know, people didn't show up to see uh, Johnny Hendricks, who barely trained for the damn fight. This way, and then look like crap. You know, they didn't show up to see DJ Penn They didn't show up to see none of these other folks. You know, that I think, uh, uh, you know, I think I, I think I drew. You know, me and me and Mike's Mike drew on the same And if it's me and Khabib in December, oh, you can best believe, like you don't matter who the name is, it, it's, it's
2: gonna sell well.
0: Man, what does it mean to you? To come back in Detroit now that you're in the position you're in, not just for yourself, but you know for the kids that come from where you came from, to know that hey, yeah. you can do big things with your life. You can be great.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's what that is. that was one of the main approaches for the fight. You know, the first of June twenty fifth, and I had that twenty five to life uh, hashtag, and you know that that's one of the things that I mainly promoted was to show the kids. You know, because when we grew up, you know, you, you see the drug dealers and and. You know, guys doing uh, the wrong thing to get the right thing. I mean, you're gonna, you're the kids that you, can, you know, you can still work hard. And you can literally fight for it and still get the, the thing that you want. So, you know, it's going to be big, but I, I feel like it's already going to be big. Regardless.
0: Now, Kevin, I know you said fuck the rankings, but I got to ask you about <laughs> how you match up with the consensus number one and number two guy because, look, Sure. A, a lot of people think that Khabib is the best wrestler at 155 pounds. You've said for a long time that you're the best wrestler at 155. How do you think a fight between the two of you would go down?
1: And I mean, and, and I've shown it time and time again. You know, if you look at my fight, uh, has Khabib even fought one, one other, a fellow wrestler, you know what I mean, and, and taking him down? And, and really, you know, when you actually look at his wrestling, you know, he misses a lot of shots. Uh, uh, you know, he forces a lot of things. I think I'm much more fluid, you know, uh, especially on the feet. You know, I'm way more fluid, way more active, way quicker, uh, more in and out. You know, and, and he's just going to get beat up. You know, I'm not going to let him settle in position. And I, I feel like he know that and he's trying to hold on to that imaginary O because he's got a great manager and they're going to keep him away from them. Tough fights. They're going to give him an easy fight. They don't give him Michael Johnson we can go and lay on top of. But they know they ain't going to be able to do that, to me, especially not for five rounds. And I beat them. It ain't going to be no way. It, it just ain't
2: going to happen, though.
0: Now, I have a question. Do you view a fight with Tony Ferguson kind of similar to Kiesa? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, it can be ugly, it can be unorthodox, but yeah. he's, he's one of those guys that finds a way to win. Yeah, and
1: it's effective, you know, and he, and he he's kind of got that homer system defense You know, you hit him a lot, and then you get tired of hitting him, and then he comes back on strong. But, uh, you know, you just got to be smart, and I, I feel like it's fights like this that, that that will get me to the next level because you've got to have a, a high, fight IQ, high fight IQ in order to beat somebody like Tony because he is tough. He can take a punch uh, and he can take a lot of punches. So, you know, he's got a very unorthodox, awkward style. You know, he's hard read. Uh, you know, gets hit a lot in between all those stand switches and the and the flips around and, you know, can be, you know, so we're, we're, I'll come up with a great game plan and we'll, we'll put them out of there. So, you know, if they want to make that fight happen too, and, you know, I think right now we're trying to see how they're going to shake up. If they're going to, if them two going to fight, then maybe i get the loser of that in, in December or however that's, you know, I, I just got off the phone with them this morning. We're trying to figure it out.
0: And, you know, the other potential matchup that people were talking about is Edson Barbosa. Now, do you lick your chops when you hear about a matchup like that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Edson could be broken. I think he'd be broken mentally. I think he has been broken mentally, and I think I can do it again. I mean, it's something that I'm interested in, but I don't know. I I don't know what what direction he's trying to go in.
2: Uh,
1: You know, and we were even looking at somebody like Eddie Alvarez. I think Eddie Alvarez would be a great fight. You know, uh, uh, a very sellable fight. You know, you got Philly versus Detroit. You know, if we had a lot of Detroit You think you, you 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 know you really can't ask for
0: much more than that, man. So, Kevin, I remember back when you were on Half the Battle and you predicted Conor McGregor to dethrone the great Jose Aldo. Now I got to ask you a fight, yeah, fight yeah. prediction on this one, man. Right. Because look, this weekend is arguably, in my opinion, one of the best fights of 2017. We got Robert Whitaker taking on Yoel Romero, and it's just such an incredible matchup. Who do you give the edge to, man?
1: Man, it is a great. uh, You know, I gotta give it to Whitaker. Just, I mean, uh, Yo Ramel, I think is one of the greatest competitors uh, that mixed martial arts has seen. You know, he's got so much competition experience, and he's got he knows how to win. You know, Uh, people might say he's a dirty fighter or whatever, but regardless of all that, he knows how to win. I don't think that he has done it in a five round fight yet. Uh, uh, I feel like his style is is suited for a three router where he kind of waits, waits, waits. He, 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 people don't even realize like I've studied uh, lot for a long time, and uh, even back in his Olympic wrestling days, you know, he would wait pretty much the whole six minutes of the match, and then the last you know thirty seconds, he would go and pour it on and, and score ten points. You know, you know against a five in a
0: five rounder, I
1: just don't see that as being a a great game plan or being a uh, 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 Useful, and I think he might get out of work. By
0: now, in your weight class, man, we got two vets, two guys that you know were in the yeah. top in the top ten a couple of years ago. Anthony Showtime Pettis is taking on Jim Miller. They currently got Jim Miller as a plus two hundred five underdog. You think he's worth a shot here?
1: Nah, he don't
0: stand a bro. I mean, me and Anthony are boys too,
1: but I'm just talking about just skill wise. It ain't no way. I'm you <laughs> that right now. He, he he going out there. They putting on a show. Uh, it's going to be Showtime night. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun. You know, it's it's, it's going to be some flashy shit being thrown. I tell you that. Uh, Jim's too slow. Gets hit too much. You know, he's got that same rhythm, same bouncing up and down. And he's a southpaw going against, and, 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 which means that Anthony can stand in this orthodox stance and have the power leg in the back, which is his his right leg is as strong as his strongest leg, and he I think he does his best work against southpaw. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be a showcase fight, that's for sure.
0: Well, before I let you go, man, what's next for Kevin Lee?
1: I mean, we're going to see, you know, like I
0: said, we just got off the phone this morning with the UFC, and we're working on, on, on getting a, a fight put,
1: put together. Uh, right now I've got to go, you know, I've got fight weekend this weekend that I'm going to be a part of, and then uh, I, I head over to England to be a part of the UFC Glassgow too.
0: So, uh, you know, go to the SDs. You know, I got
1: a couple things Uh, uh, that I'm looking forward to. But other than that, I mean, we'll see as far as my prediction.
0: Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, as always, my man. Uh, Anything else you want to tell the fans? Go ahead. Oh, they already know.
1: At Motown Phenom, everywhere, baby. I appreciate you. And shout out to Adidas, too. I give them a shout
0: out and everything. Joining me now is the Bellator Lightweight Champion, Brett Primus. Brett. Welcome to Half the Battle. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you got it. So let's get right down to business. You're the lightweight champion of the world. How did it feel when they put that belt
3: around your waist? Man, it felt great. You know, uh, it was like one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. I was so excited, you know. Um, I I, know I I got booed or whatever after I got the belt. and I I was wondering, why am I getting booed right now? And, you know, I uh, went to the backstage and changed and everything. And then I watched the video on uh you know on film or whatever and watch the announcers and everything like that and then i was like oh man that's why they think that i literally just went in there and uh, he rolled his ankle and i cel- celebrated him rolling his ankle but man it was uh, way before that i had him injured and uh man it, but it was a surreal feeling you know for sure definitely
0: man i mean tell me about the placement of those kicks because it's interesting because i know a lot of guys they'll train you know checking kicks that come to the thighs but not many people train taking kicks to the ankle
3: Yeah, man, there's like a big nerve that goes right down there, and um, it's a deadly kick, man. I don't know why people don't really use that much, but my coach, Oyama, uh, my coach, uh, Oyama had an awesome game plan for me. He's he's like, he was watching Chandler, you know, all of his videos for months and months, and he's like, you know, Chandler puts all of his weight on his lead leg to throw that right big hand, and as soon as you see him plant down and put all of his weight on his uh, lead leg, I want you to kick right above the... The ankle, uh, there's a nerve there, and I've actually been doing that kick for a long time, the last like you know few years or whatever, and um, and it, it works. I I've been injuring all my training partners with it for a couple years now, and um, you know I only can kick them probably a couple times before they ask me not to kick him anymore with it. But uh, yeah, man, it's a it's a great technique for sure. When you kicked him with it the first time, did you know that uh, something was wrong? Yeah, man, it was crazy. That I kicked him the very first kick. And I just saw the look in his eyes change. You know, he he was looking at me with some fire in his eyes, you know, wanting, wanting to rip my head off. And as soon as I kicked him, man, he, he looked just worried. He looked really worried, didn't know what was going on. And I see I saw him reach down for his thigh, kind of kick his leg a little bit. And then my coach heard my coach just say, his legs broke, his legs broke, go, go, go. And uh, that's when I knew something was wrong with his leg. And I looked down, I could see that his foot really wasn't working that well. And um, he switched stances. And. I could see that he was just trying to, you know, kind of fill his his leg and trying to get the get it back or whatever. But it was definitely, uh, man, that first kick, it was crazy.
0: I mean, look, you're the champion. You're holding the belt right now. No one can take it away from you. But how do you feel about him kind of discrediting your win and being like, I'm still the champ?
3: Man, I've lost so much respect for that guy. Like, it's crazy to me, man. Like, uh, he knows 100% just like I know that his leg was dead off that first kick. And, and I don't think he knew what was going on. But, uh, but he knows, man. We both know what happened. And, um, you know, even Scott Coker read the medical report and came out and said that the doctor said that those were for impact, like a kick, you know. And uh, um, it's just crazy, man. I literally, I respected Chandler a lot. And I, I 100% thought that he was going to come out and say the truth of what happened. And him say, blaming it on him rolling his ankle is, it's just uh, hilarious to me, you know. Like, uh, he's one of the best athletes in the world. And when do you ever see somebody roll their ankle in the, the cage like that unless they're you know, all concussed or whatever. But uh, not only that, the canvas is so soft, man. I just don't understand how people can think that he can roll his ankle and tear and have nerve damage from the knee down. Like, it's just a a joke to me. And I I really can't believe he uh, is blaming it on him rolling his ankle. When, um, man, it's just crazy to me. Uh, But it is what it is. And I know he's lying. He he does too. And, man, I'm going to confront him when we go uh, to the press conferences and do all that stuff. But uh, it is what it is, man.
0: Do you feel like long-term, this is actually going to be great for your legacy? And the reason I ask is because it looks like you guys are probably going to fight again. If And if you go out there and beat him again, that's two wins over, you know, Michael Chandler.
3: Yeah, man. Like, it's, this is crazy. This is exactly how me and my manager planned it or whatever. Like, we went to the first press conference, I think, like three, four months ago at Madison, at, uh, Madison Square Garden. And, and uh, I told Chandler that I'm going to beat him on the 24th and – I'm gonna give him a rematch right away, and we're, we can have like a trilogy if he wants. But you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be feel great to go out there and uh, you know beat him again. And I'm literally gonna kick him in the exact same spot, and I'm gonna kill his leg again. And um, if he doesn't, then I'm just gonna work my game plan and uh, break him down with my kicks and my reach and, and uh, stay really mobile.
0: You feel like people kind of sleep on your finishing ability, and the reason I ask is because you know your first five fights you finished them all in the first round, but then you had those to, you know, I'll say that they're wars, you know, the fight with Anderson and Santos, and those are the fights that the fans mostly talk about. They don't talk about your five finishes, so then you go out there, finish uh, Chandler in the first round, and I feel like people kind of forgot that Brent Primus is a finisher.
3: Yeah, man, like, it it was good to get back to my roots, and, um, you know, man, like, even in my amateur days, you know, I was knocking everybody out in the first round, and um, it's just crazy to me going past the first round, you know, like, I remember my first fight with Anderson you know it went uh three rounds and I just remember thinking like man it's so crazy not finishing my opponent you know it was like a a really crappy feeling I hated it and um you know I'm gonna obviously always try to get back into that my groove and finish everybody in the first round and uh you know my, my last fight with Chandler for some reason you know I was really calm I was really collected I was thinking the whole time you know and so I felt really 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 good in there and um, my last two fights with uh, Santos and uh, Anderson, I just felt rushed, you know, I, I wasn't like really calming down, and I just didn't really feel like myself, but, uh, you know, thankfully um, fighting Massive Square Garden on one of the biggest cards in Bellator, um, and I was, I was cool, calm, collected, man, it felt great, and I can't wait to get back in there and do it again.
0: Tell me about your mindset, just, you know, as a martial artist, and as a winner in general, because one doesn't simply get that belt that you're holding right now. So kind of tell me about, you know, the mental fortitude that got you to where you are today.
3: Man, I think it's all about just like hard work. You know, I work really, really hard. I don't take any days off. Um, It's all about hard work and consistency. You know, like I'm in the gym every single day, you know, three, four times a day, uh, training my butt off, man. I I think that's what it's all about is just uh, the grind. You know, you got to learn to love the grind. You got to learn to sacrifice everything in your life that's fun and uh you know eating eating really really healthy and um yeah man just like I hate to lose I always have I, I love to compete and I love to challenge myself and um you know I'm in the right sport to do that it's one of the toughest sports you can compete in and um man I uh, I love it man I love the grind I love training my butt off and you know there's definitely some times where I'm really tired and and just want to go watch a movie or hang out with my girl or go eat some bread or some pasta or something. But um, man, it's all the hard work. That's all it is.
0: Brent, you could retire today and you could say, Hey, I got to be the champion. I got to be the number one guy. But now that you are the champion, where do you reset your goals? What's the next thing you want to do?
3: Obviously defend the belt, man. I'm going to defend it as me. I'm going to defend it for a while. You know, it's gonna be mine for a while. I know that I'm kind of new. I'm only 8-0, but uh, man, it's here to stay. And um you know, I'm here to shock everybody. And uh, like I did in my first fight, even if people, there's controversy or whatnot, uh, me and Chandler knows what happens and, or what happened. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just going to re- uh, defend this belt for sure.
0: And in your opinion, when is the next fight?
3: Right now, you know, it was me and Chandler set up, but he has nerve damage from his knee down, supposedly from rolling his ankle, which I think is hilarious. But um, so right now they're just going to – they're waiting for uh, like uh, – people to look at is his nerves and neurologists and everything like that, you know, but, um, and I know if Chandler isn't better soon, then there's talk of me fighting the winner of Benson Henderson and Pitbull or, um, you know, I I really don't care though. Whoever they they line up, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to have a good game plan for that opponent and I'm going to go in there and defend this belt.
0: Regardless who it is, it's uh, it's exciting times for Brent Primus because it's going to be a big fight no matter what.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Every fight from now on, I got everybody – You know, hunting me down. Everybody wants what I got, and uh, it's awesome, man. I I can't wait to go out there and uh, put on a good show and, and, you know, defend this belt for sure. Well, Brent,
0: I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media
3: and anything else you want to tell the fans, go ahead. Yeah, man, uh, follow me at BrentPermiss155. I'd like to thank my, my sponsors, Bad Boy, You know, they always took me with the best gear and helped me out through all my training camps and um, Roots Organic uh, out of Eugene, Oregon and the Eugene Fisherman Market and Big Kahuna Bulls and Don Lewis Plumbing um, and uh, G Fuel. You know, you guys helped me out so much and I wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. and um, You know, just uh, keep in tuned and watch me uh, defend my belt here soon. Hopefully, uh, by the end of the year for sure.
0: Joining me now is Devante Sewell. (laughs) Devante,
3: welcome back to After
0: Battle. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going amazing. Uh, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Doing great.
0: So, man, you're coming off the first round rear naked choke in the rematch with Jose Madrano. You must be feeling pretty amazing, huh?
2: Yeah, man. Nothing sweeter than revenge.
0: So, I mean, dude, that's three fights in three months with three finishes. You're setting history. What's the next uh, move you're about to make?
2: Um in four weeks I'm right back in it. Um can't can't release all the details yet, but August fourth I'll be getting back in the cage in Mississippi.
0: Oh yeah, Mississippi you're making a little travel. Uh are you excited about that?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um fought for the promotion as an amateur. I was the amateur champion. Fought there about five times, so that's my home as well.
0: So you you know anything about the guy you're fighting?
2: Uh not too much. I think he's a stand-up guy, but um, all I know is his name is Jose as well, but um, nothing I'm worried about. There's going to be four wins in four months coming up.
0: So in this last fight, you know, obviously you finished him in the first round, but the fight starts off, you know, you guys are feeling each other out, and out of nowhere you go for an Iminari roll. Now this is a couple weeks after Marcin held went for an Iminari role against Amir Hadzovic, and he got brutally knocked out. I know you saw that. After seeing a knockout like that, you know what gave you uh, the courage to go try that out in, in the real fight itself?
2: Uh, because, I mean, no one can't study my style. Um, I'm always doing different things. Uh, no one saw that coming. Um, I have a lot of other tools in my toolbox. And over time, we'll see it coming out
0: what's the psychology going into a rematch like this you know knowing that this guy beat you one time before i know you already mentioned that you know it was on short notice you know you weren't yourself out there but now that you did get a full training camp and just tell me about the psychology of the rematch man
2: yeah i mean there was also a lot of shit talking in this um fight so it was a lot of you know a lot of going into this fight it was a rematch for me my first one um I was just too focused out there, and when I'm at this level, no one, no one can beat me. No one.
0: So, man, I mean, obviously you got this fight coming up in Mississippi, and you're not going to overlook an opponent, but, you know, out of all the guys in over here in the South, who do you want next inside the NFC cage?
2: Man, um, I'm just looking to make history. I don't have a specific name next, but the next goal is to get a belt around my waist, um. I'm looking to become the youngest pro champion in Georgia history. And I'm on pace for that right now. So I'm just going to keep winning, keep taking people next, and just keep winning. That's it.
0: You went 3-1 and one as a pro pretty damn quick. So that only leads me to believe that you're going to keep fighting, you know, very rapidly. So, I mean, as you visualize your career, when do you want to make that UFC debut? Yeah,
2: I see next year around this time, um, I see me being one fight, maybe wait. Um, no one's no one's gonna beat me right now. Um, I'm just gonna keep continue working hard. My name's the Grinder. I don't do this for play play. This is this is serious for me. Um, I'm in the gym every day. I'm getting right back in the gym tomorrow. Uh, I'm beating thirty year olds, uh, four year olds, people that's way older than me. Uh, this is not a game for me. Um, I'm number one.
0: So, I know you don't do this for a paycheck. I know you do this because, I mean, this is who you are. This is your passion. But let me ask you, man. Now that you are four fights into your professional career, what's it like getting paid to fight?
2: Uh, it's definitely, you know, better than um, amateur. where You go out there and after you don't have no money after. I mean, it's obviously definitely better. But um, this is just the beginning, like I'm saying, um... The goal is to have bigger paydays, obviously, when I get to the UFC. So every fight, I'm just treating it like it's my last, and I'm not letting no one take any food off my table.
0: Now, do you feel like your mindset changed after your first pro fight? I mean, because, like I said, man, three, you know, well, I was about to say three first-round finishes. The Walter Flores was a second-round finish, but still, three finishes in a row, all submissions. I mean, what's a... What's your mindset like these days, man? Because you seem super focused and motivated.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, killer be cute out there, man. Um, like I said, uh, the NFC is, is great, but the big goal is to be the UFC. These guys, um, I, I understand they might be tough, but they aren't going to be at the level of the UFC guys. So if I look at them as um, someone who they aren't, then I might – um, not be ready for the UFC level. I'm better than all these guys on the local level. Um, I'm not just getting cocky, it's just the truth. I work hard every day. No one trains more than me. No one wants it more than me. Uh, who's fighting three months,
0: three times back-to-back? Nobody. Not even Cowboy Cerrone, right?
2: Not even Cowboy Cerrone, no one on the UFC roster, Bellator, 1FC, Legacy, nowhere. Just grinder, Devontae move.
0: Now let me ask you this, man, because this is going to be kind of interesting. So I know you're the kind of guy that likes to stay active. You like taking fights all the time. You like proving yourself. But once you do get to the UFC, to Bellator, once you do get to the highest level, man, you're only going to be fighting three times a year. How do you think you're going to get adjusted to that?
2: Man, I'm not sure, but maybe um, they just don't have to keep finding me a fight every month. Uh, I'm trying to finish these guys real quick, come out with no injuries, and get right back in there. Um, I don't get paid for sitting around, so I'm trying to get right back in there ASAP.
0: Yes, sir. Now, this weekend, one of the best fights of 2017 is going down. You got Robert Whitaker taking on Yoel Romero, and it's just such an incredible matchup. Who do you give the edge to in that one, man?
2: Man, um, it's crazy. um, You got Yoel Romero, who has a crazy wrestling accolades but it's, it's it's mma and then you have um robert whittaker who's just a powerhouse but it's gonna come down who wants it more and i think who has the better cardio it's gonna be a tough fight two tough guys when you get to that level it's a game of inches. so whoever makes the mistakes first is gonna lose
0: man and in the main event Amanda Nunes. she's coming off uh, that beatdown against Ronda Rousey, and she's taking on Valentina Shevchenko in a rematch. But this time it's five rounds. Who do you think is going to take it?
2: I'm taking Amanda Nunes. I think this time um, she finished, finishes her in uh, the second round early. Um, she's getting better and better every fight, and she was beating her in the first two rounds. I think this time she finishes her.
0: And before I let you go, man, next month, or actually, it's later this month, we're already in July, because John Jones, he's taking on DC. It's the rematch. And is this simply a case where uh, Jones has DC's number, or do you think DC can go out there, make the proper adjustments, and hand John Jones his first ever defeat?
2: Going with John Jones, man. I think John Jones has more tools in the toolbox. DC only can win pretty much. By using his basic wrestling or basic boxing. John Jones could use his wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai, he could do spinning attacks. He probably could do an uh, roll just like I did, he could do anything. Um, the guy who has more tools or more sk- is the most scary guy. Um see everything he's gonna throw, John is gonna be ready for and new, John Jones.
0: Well, Devontae, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, as always. Before I let you go, what's next for Devontae Sewell?
2: Uh, next stop, um, protecting your neck toward 2017. We're going to Mississippi. Going to snatch someone else's neck up and keep it moving. Four and one, four finishes in a row. Let's keep it going.
0: Awesome. Well, Devonte, let them know where to follow you on social media, and anything else you want to tell the fans, go ahead.
2: All right, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at the Grinder MMA. Just add me on um, Facebook at Devonte and on Twitter at Grinder MMA. Everybody, just thank you for keep tuning in. This is only beginning, and um, hope to make you guys proud in the future. Thanks.
0: There you have it, folks. Kevin Lee, Brent Primus, and Devante Sewell. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to BestFightPicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC 213 and the Tough 25 finale. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.